So last, last week, as many of you know, uh, we talked a lot about, well, a little bit about prayer. It's a really big topic, uh, and we really kind of just scratched the surface of it. But we really wanted to show how prayer can be framed in a missional context. And we looked at the example of Jesus, how he prayed and how he listened to his father and how he set an example for us to follow in that way. So prayer is really, it's one component um, in discerning God's will and in recognizing where and how he's at work all around us. Uh, so last week we, we focused in on a lot of just fostering that, that connection, that upward connection that we have with God. And today we want to get really practical and, and look at some of the ways our outward connections, the connections that we have with the other people around us are impacted when we approach those relationships and interactions from a missional context. So what are just some really specific ways to practice missional love uh, to those around us towards others in, in the way we talk in the way we um, do things and just in, in everything we do. What happens when we spend enough time in scripture and in prayer and in just meditating on God, and then he allows us to identify needs around us. What does it look like to then join God on his mission and, and really just get our hands dirty as workers for his harvest? Yeah. And uh, as we start with this, we want to actually just start with a, a word of prayer that God will show us how we can um, really take these concepts and his word and apply it to our lives. So let's pray together. Father, we are so thankful for a chance to connect as a family. Uh, we're thankful for your love. Thank you for the protection that you've provided um, in so many ways. This These past two weeks, it seems um, just super obvious the ways that you've been taking care of us. We are so grateful for that. We thank you for your grace and your mercy in our lives. We thank you for loving us. I thank you for uh, your protection of those that are stuck in other countries like Mike and Courtney and just pray that you continue to for you too yeah i'm not sure if, if i'm frozen as well but mike is frozen for me i think he's frozen for for everyone okay so i'm still here i'm gonna assume mike is probably still just praying <laughs> uh hopefully he comes back shortly okay all right so i guess i'll i'll keep talking <laughs> amen <laughs> Um, now it's showing Melissa's, I don't know. Okay. So, um, what? So one, uh, yeah, I'll just keep going and hopefully he'll be able to get connected again. Um, so one, one thing that we were, was Mike and I were talking about this and we were thinking how it can it can be a really powerful thing um, when we're 
when we have problems or anxieties or, or worries, it, one of the easiest ways to stop focusing on those things that are causing anxiety or, or problems or um, pain is to stop focusing on yourself and to focus on others. And not in the sense that you are just thinking about how much worse other people are off than, than yourself, how much more grave their situation is than us, but just intentionally finding ways to bless others, be a blessing to others and serve others. And we, we call ourselves Christians, right? And that literally means little Christ. And we're meant to imitate Jesus um, and the example that he set through our lives. And he gave us an example um, when he stated his whole purpose, his whole mission on earth in Matthew uh, chapter 20, verse uh, 28. It says, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. There's Mike. Hey, uh, it's good to be back with you. Uh, <laughs> we lost power for a second and everything just like flipped off oh, and came wow. and gathered on my phone now so that I could be reconnected. But I have no idea what happened, but it's like the lights flickered and also it was like poof gone. So I think God heard our prayers and it's just uh, one of those like uh, Pentecost things. Power came and it just like made a surge in the house or something. I don't know. It's pretty windy and a little stormy out. So yeah, I, yes. uh, we kind of all just paused for a minute and then I assumed you were still praying and I said, amen and continued. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we just looked at Matthew 20, 28. Um, Jesus came to serve. And if we are claiming to be, followers of Jesus, then we also need to do the same. And God didn't save us um, just so we can sit in a church service and, or in a Zoom service and just kind of soak in sermons. Um, he saved us so that we can serve others like he did. So those, of, those who are a, a part of the church family, we're called to serve each other uh, and to be loyal and faithful and loving to each other as family members, truly as family members, but then also we're called to serve others who are not part of that family, outside the family, people who don't yet know God. And we see that a big part of God's mission is drawing those people to him. And we see that in John three sixteen, of course, uh, for God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And that brings up the point that true love, when you have love for someone, it produces sacrificial service. Yeah, so uh, in, in uh, expectation that I may get disconnected, again, what I'm going to do is uh, I want to pose a question to you and have you guys chat. And if I get disconnected, you can just carry on without me. And then I'll come back in if I'm still here. But uh, there's a ton of references to connecting with each other in the Bible because it's, it's vital to our lives. And there, in the New Testament, we have all of these one another's. And so I'm wondering if you can paste for me into the chat box. Uh, if you're not sure where that is, if you look at the bottom of your screen, you'll see a little bubble that says chat. Click on that. If you want to paste for me some of the one another's, for instance, love one another is, is obviously one that we're talking about this morning. But can you think of any of the other one another passages that are in the scriptures that, um, that we need to be doing to show love to each other? Depending on your translation, it might be one another or each other or, um, yeah. 
Air with one another. Yep. What does that mean to bear with one another? Basically, like put, up, growl. put up with each other, basically. <laughs> Forgive one another, definitely. Build up one another. Confess your sins to one another. Hmm, yeah. That can be an uncomfortable one. Encourage one another. Forgive. These are good, guys. Greet with a kiss. Yep. <laughs> I can't. That's social distancing. I can't do the greet with a kiss. Live peaceably with all. Yep. Live at peace with one another. A holy kiss. Yeah. Which was, you know, in American culture, I think that would really be more appropriate as a hug. <laughs> but there are even still cultures today who, you know, do the, the cheat kiss. And it's, you know, same, same concept showing appropriate affection. Don't bite, Don't bite and devour. <laughs> hospitality in that verse keep them coming any others teach one another yeah that's a good yeah. One. yes yeah absolutely pray for receive exhort that's a very churchy word exhort yes what does exhort mean Mike, what does exhort mean? Not, uh, Mike Stelts, the one who put it in there. <laughs> well, I can try, but I don't know if my neighbors want to listen to me. I can see if there's any mic <laughs> settings I can adjust, but I, I don't think there are. Be kind to another. Good, good. Be devoted to each other. Use your gifts. You guys are awesome. Okay. So the half of the sermon's over. Yeah, right. <laughs> I just want to do a mic check and ask if this volume level is better or not. Okay. Bear one another's burdens. Yep. Forgive. Be kind. I like this. You guys are throwing in all the verses. It's great. I didn't even have to look them all up. So when we think about these one another's, um, these are very tangible ways that we can express love. So you have love one another, respect one another, encourage one another, don't judge each other, comfort one another, um, teach one another, serve one another, confess sins to each other, pray for each other, for, um, forgive one another, be kind to each other, exhort and correct each other, be patient with each other, greet each other with a holy kiss, be committed to meeting together, um, these are all really significant ways. There's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, so you should make sure that you uh, create an agenda list of all of these if you're an agenda person and make sure you do all of them this week. And if you don't, then um, I don't know what will happen if the rapture takes place. I really don't know what takes place there. But you should make sure you go through that list if you can. Is that what we're supposed to do, David? Uh, 
I mean, if you like lists, there's nothing wrong with lists, but uh, there is, there's a lot expected <laughs> of love. Um, but this type of, for it to be natural, it's not really that intuitive, this type of familial uh, community love. Um, it doesn't always come easy. Uh, it's not necessarily intuitive, especially in American culture, I, I think. And that's why it's important to remember that these the outward connections that we have, um, these outward relationships, the horizontal ones that we're talking about is really only possible out of an overflow of our upward relationship, the vertical connection that we have um, with God, um, metaphorically speaking. So it always has to start there. And we see this a uh, little bit in John, First uh, John 4, 7 through 12. Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. John put a lot of emphasis on, on love, uh, but he made it clear that it's not, it doesn't come from us, it's from God and then that we can show that to others. There's a lot in that verse, isn't there, David? Mm -hmm. There is a lot. <laughs> It's a rich passage. <clears throat> I think sometimes too we we forget that the way that we the way that we love others not only tells others uh, inside the church family about God, but it tells uh, it informs our hearts about God and His love, and it also uh, expresses God's love to the world around us. Um, this idea that love comes from God. So anytime that we express true sacrificial love. It's expressing God and his nature. Um, and I think that that's just a, such a great theological truth that sometimes we lose sight of. Um, the, the Bible also says that the way that we love others will tell the world around us what we believe about God. And the way that we love others will demonstrate what we believe it means to be a disciple of Jesus. John 13, 35 is another great passage. Let me paste this one in your chat real quick here. Uh, John 13, 35 is just a great reminder. And it says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. Uh, that's a pretty uh, encouraging slash condemning verse. I, I don't know how else to put it. Um, because you, it's saying that if you truly love each other, that people will know that you're a Jesus follower because to be a Jesus follower, to be a Christian is to be a little Christ, a Jesus follower, to be an imitator, as David already covered. But that also means that our failure to love is reflecting a very bad concept of what Jesus stood for and who God is and, and how he loves. Um, so it's really a, a, a great verse if we're living it and not so great if we're not living it. Um, now, there's so many ways to love each other. And this past week, we sent out notices asking you to tell us how you can help. 
Um, and when you think about it, the ways that we've put in our, in our uh, realm program, to, ways to show love, like meeting needs, uh, praying for each other, encouraging each other, um, these are all part of that list of one another's. And so many of you responded. We're really excited about what God's going to do through you in the weeks to come. Um, the fact that we can uh, find so many opportunities in this time in our lives to live out this love uh, is awesome because it's forced us to get out of our own routines, out of our own comfort zones, out of our own uh, agendas and have and have this interruptible time. Um, at least a lot of people have had this interruptible time, uh, but a time where everybody's schedule is so unique that meeting other people's needs has become uh, a focal point, I guess I would say, for the way that, that we're choosing to live right now. Anything you want to add to that, David? No, I don't think so. <clears throat> but um, going back to just again, one of the, the, the goals of loving each other is not just for our sake within the family. Um, but it's also to help those who do not yet know God understand who God is and, and what he does. And just to be that example of a demonstration of God uh, to others, uh, the way that he shows love and gives us the ability to love like he does. Uh, so we're not meant to be totally, especially once the isolation, this isolation season ends we're not meant to be isolated from our neighbors and, and from those around us uh, rather we're supposed to be a living example of God's love among them and we see that in first Peter 2 11 and 12 dear friends I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners and he's actually referring back to an Old Testament concept there uh, but to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very soul be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. So it's talking a little bit in a very specific cultural context. Uh, however, that, that concept of living properly among your unbelieving neighbors so that they can then uh, be pointed to God and show that the way we live honors God. Yeah. And, and I would say that as, if we were to go back to the loving those inside the family, that would be, as we, last week, prayer was our upward relationship. Um, loving others inside the family would really be considered like a, an inward relationship. Um, and, and now we have to also look at this outward relationship. of What about those that are outside the family of God? What about those that don't yet know God? And, and loving them without without showing loving others without showing love to people who don't know Jesus is not enough to help them love Jesus. Um, it, it's like, yes, they'll know that we're disciples of Jesus, but that doesn't mean that they'll know how to enter a relationship with Jesus. They need to experience that love in their own lives, not just to see how we love each other, but they need to experience God's love by us showing it to them as well. And, and I guess this is that, that outward, you know, so love for God is upward, love for each other would be like inward, but this is reminding us that we also need to be focusing outward with our love. Um, and, and our Sunday afternoon group that, uh, that's been getting together has been going through this book, The Art of Neighboring. And uh, I, I think the way that Dan put it was very good. It's very convicting. Um, it's challenged us to really think about 
who our neighbor is. Uh, I mean, the two great commandments, right? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's like the focal point of, of how we live out our mission. We kind of get the whole idea about how to love God. We kind of get the idea about how to love our neighbor, but we had to really stop and ask ourselves, who is our neighbor exactly? Um, so if we were to say love our neighbor as ourselves, we have to define who are we going to consider our neighbors? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was a question even in Jesus's time, right? Because that commandment to love your neighbor uh, was not a New Testament commandment. That You can find that in, uh, I believe, Deuteronomy and or Leviticus. Uh, but love your neighbor as yourself was a commandment that the Jews were meant to live by. And so <clears throat> there was this question uh, that we find, a, a classic parable then um, as a follow-up to the question in Luke chapter 10, uh, starting in verse 25. It says, one day an expert in religious law, so he would have been familiar with this commandment from the Old Testament, stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, well, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? (laughs) Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. And the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. And then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. The the religious person, this expert that was asking Jesus, he knew the right answer to the question. Uh, And I have a feeling he probably knew before he even heard this parable story, but he wanted to find a, a way to justify his actions, his own lifestyle, which it doesn't get into specifics, but clearly he was not living this way. And he had a, a lack of, of love for people who maybe were different than him uh, from a different, maybe it was Samaritans or just people from a different um, part of the world or even just a different religious sect. Um, but he, uh, he got the answer very clearly in this parable. Well, yeah. And Jesus is like totally making multiple statements in this passage. And I, I love it um, because he's really not just, answering the question he's also addressing 
some problems in the church of their day, which I think is really cool. Um, so the first one that comes along is a priest. Um, so in our church, we don't have priests. So this could be like an elder. So say David and I, what, what David or I walk down the street and there's this person and he's half dead on the side of the road. And so the priest goes to the other side of the road and like avoids us altogether and then just passes by. Um, the second person that comes through is a temple servant. They come along, they see the half dead body. They don't know if it's dead or alive probably. And they go to the other side and they, and they pass by this person. Now there's a couple of reasons why uh, commentators believe that, that they mentioned going to the other side and, and it's all speculation, but I think it's some good speculation. Um, possibly they were concerned that they would become ceremonial unclean, ceremonially unclean. So if the body looked dead, if you touch a dead body, you can't serve in the temple. And so therefore the priest and the servant would not be able to do the work of God because they would be unclean. So in reality, what they've done is they've replaced uh, temple programs and service and law as more important than the meaning behind them. And, and I think that that's huge here. So these two groups, they go to the other side thinking that, what they're doing is the most important thing because they're serving God as a priest or as a servant in the temple. But Jesus is saying, well, you've missed the whole point of why you exist and what you're supposed to be doing. And I think that's huge uh, because me personally, this is probably my biggest challenge. I can be so busy doing things for God, for the church, that I don't stop to take care of the, the people or to meet the needs that God puts right in front of me. Um, so I think that that's something that he was attacking right there. Uh, the third person that walked by is a Samaritan. And not just a Samaritan, there's a description here. And I love it. I love when, when the Bible used descriptive words like this because it just like throws in this context. How, how is this person described? See if somebody can post that. Not just a Samaritan. Anybody know what, remember what the descriptive word is? Pop that into the chat. Despised. There it is, Wilson yep. and Sherry. Thanks. Despised Samaritan. Despised by whom? Well, probably despised by the person who was half dead on the side of the road would be the correct answer. See, Samaritans were not Jews, but they were not not Jews. They were half-breeds. So they were Jews that chose to have relationships with those that were foreigners, that were not Jews. And they were often seen as uh, rebels that left to follow other gods and stuff. So the Jews, like the Samaritans weren't quite Gentiles. They weren't quite Jews. They didn't fit into either world. They were this mixed breed. Um, and the Jews had nothing but disdain for them. And yet this man who would have been despised by this Jew took care of them and showed him mercy, um, giving him what he needed, not what he deserved. So let me ask you, uh, if you have that passage in front of you, which I'm sure some of you have turned there, that was uh, Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37, and the actual story um, uh, goes on in, in verses 30 through 37. What are some ways that this Samaritan showed mercy to the Jew? Anybody want to pop some in there? 
throw them in the chat. What are some ways? Okay, cared for him. What are some specific ways he cared for him? Took him to an inn. Yeah. Bound his wounds. Gave him wine. Ooh, even. Paid, yeah. Paid for his recovery. Mm -hmm. Took pity on him. He even noticed him. I mean, that's, I think that's huge. He noticed him and had mm -hmm. compassion for him. I think that's significant. Put him on his donkey. That's right. That means yeah. that he walked the rest of the way while this guy rode on his donkey. Yeah. So he was, he became uncomfortable and gave up certain privileges that he had, like riding on his donkey. He gave up resources. He obviously gave up time. I doubt he was expecting to be in that inn that long. Um, potentially put himself in debt, said, I'll pay for this when he comes back. Yep. Good. Yeah, it mentions the, the silver coins, and then it, but it also mentions the olive oil and wine, which were both considered uh, just the high value commodities. So using them on him was definitely a sacrifice. Yeah. Mm, not knowing what, <laughs> the man's problem when he approached, not really sure what he was about to get into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was exposure to something, right? True. Yeah. True. Yeah. This is the kind of love that we need to show to our neighbors. Jesus says, he says that the people who live right around us in our own neighborhood, the people we can pass on the street that live right down the street from us. Um, these are the people that we need to make sure we are showing love for. And, and let me just say this, that we're not so busy with church things, with good things for God that we miss out on the ways that we can show God's love and mercy to the people around us, uh, which is exactly what this parable is trying to remind us of. So um, we're reminded in this teaching that Jesus gives us that loving our neighbor means literally the people around us, even if they're not the, the popular people or the people that we naturally get along with or the people that we have the most affinity with. Uh, it means people around us that God brings into our path that we can show his love to, we need to demonstrate that love to. So we're to demonstrate love upward to God, inward with, with our church family, outward to those that are in our community. And the goal is to accomplish the mission of God. Uh, the goal is to join God on, on his mission of calling people to him, of reconciling people to him. That's that ministry that we talked about in our first week. We were called to this ministry of reconciliation. So the goal of showing this love is that people will be drawn to God, not that people will say, oh, look how awesome Mike is, or look how great Dave is, or it's about look how awesome God is and, and drawing them to him. But, but for that to happen, I think we need to get a little bit more practical and a little bit more um, specific. What do you think, David? Yeah, so I want to just ask everyone, uh, what are some really just specific ways that we, that you, can show love, to, both to each other as a family, but as well as to those in our neighborhoods and, and those outside our, our church family? So what does it look like in Jefferson and Lewis County and Fort Drum when a group of people like us is just overcome with love for others that produces sacrificial service what does that look like what are some specific things we can do shovel someone's driveway yeah it's a great thing spending time with them yep making meals 
Helping them move in. Yeah. It can be a great blessing. Doing errands they need done. Mm -hmm. Child care. Lending tools or food. I don't always lend food, so I'm afraid I'll get it back. I was just going to say, you can give someone food. I wouldn't want someone to eat it and then give it back. Uh, right now, bringing groceries to the elderly. Yep. Spending time with them. Yeah, a lot of people lonely right now, especially. And, yep, checking in on them. When it's kosher, inviting them into your home. Yep. And I will say, I, I would say that loving someone right now can mean actually keeping your distance from them. Um, ironically enough, uh, we, even if you yourself aren't super concerned about the virus and, and getting it, there are other people who have very real concerns and um, it's important to, to protect them. So checking in with someone, spending time with someone might mean right now actually a phone call, you know, or, or a video chat as opposed to actually going over. Looking after pets, praying with them, Marco Polo videos. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Simply checking on them, though. Yeah, that can mean a lot. Oh, it's an app for chatting. Okay. <laughs> Have to look into that. Marco Polo. Ariel knows what it is too. Yeah, I was thinking like you're watching movies about Marco Polo. How is I don't understand. <laughs> so okay, glad you appreciated it. You expounded on that a little bit. Um, yeah. So there's so many practical ways, um, and you guys have brought them out. And even praying with each other during these times, you don't have to have Zoom to do that there's these things called phones where you can actually like call and talk to people and, and they still work. And, and if you have a phone, you can still call somebody up, check on them and see how they're doing. Um, you know, give them a word of encouragement, pray with them over the phone. That, that still works today. Uh, even if you don't have, you don't even need an app. It's kind of like built into them. That's why they're, you know, were created originally. So I think those are some great specific ways to do that. Um, and uh, I think that, Whatever that method is, you guys definitely have the idea here. Um, but let me ask this. How would it become sacrificial giving? How would it become sacrificial love or service versus just um, an insignificant little, okay, I did it kind of thing? Like, like, what's the difference between just saying, okay, I checked in on somebody versus actually having sacrificial love in these areas? intentionality and where your heart is at giving up something important like toilet paper. Yeah. Um, still, still doing these things when it's inconvenient. Absolutely. Um, even, even being more intentional and in saying I'm going to purposely not do other things just so that I can do these things. Um, mm -hmm. so that you adjust your life schedule around it. Mm -hmm. And I do, yeah, I think that is 
key um, that it, for it to be sacrificial doesn't necessarily mean it has to be grand act or monumental act of service. Uh, it just means that you're setting aside your own priorities and instead of prioritizing selfish desires or intentions, you are inconveniencing yourself or giving up something um, for the sake of someone else. All right, that's some, some good feedback, guys. Um, but I guess part of my experience with showing love to people is some people are very appreciative and some people are not so appreciative. So, David, what do you do when you go out of your way to make loving others a priority and those people reject that love or don't want anything to do with it? And this could be people inside the church family or outside the church family, because I've, I've seen rejection in both of those. So what do you do when you're trying to take the love that God has given you and share that love with others and other people reject that love? How do you respond? Yeah. And if you do continually show love to others, eventually it's kind of just inevitable that someone's not going to be accepting of that. So uh, when, with rejection, responding to rejection, I'll, I'll start with say, saying one thing you shouldn't do. Um, and the Jesus' disciples actually came across this issue. And we find this in Luke chapter nine, starting in verse 51. For some reason, this is a, it's a really amusing passage to me. Um, so, yeah. So I'm going to start Luke nine fifty-one through 56. When the days were coming to a close for him to be taken up, meaning Jesus, getting ready to leave the earth, he determined to a journey to Jerusalem. He sent messengers ahead of himself, and on the way they entered a village of the Samaritans to make preparations for him. But they did not welcome him because he determined to journey to Jerusalem. When the disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to consume them? But he turned and rebuked them, and they went to another village. <laughs> So the disciples had this reaction, like, they're rejecting you. Let's burn them all. <laughs> and Jesus was like, no, 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 <laughs> just move on. <laughs> so I just think it's funny that they had that response. And that's clearly not the response we should have when love is rejected is not to call down fire from heaven. So don't get angry and uh, don't think of all the ways you can retaliate and get back and have, mm -hmm. get revenge on people for rejecting um, your love. Yeah, and I'm curious if, if we were to do a poll, and we may start doing polls in future versions, but if we were to do a poll and just say how many of you um, are the type of personalities that, you know, really wish you could call down fire from heaven, I'm afraid that there'd be many of us on that list, probably, depending upon the scenario. Um, so uh, maybe it's good that we can't do a poll this morning, but, but we're reminded, <laughs> you know, we're, we're reminded in all of this that um, whoever accepts us when we're doing the work of God, accepts Jesus. And whoever rejects us, Jesus said, is not really rejecting us, but rejecting him. And so I think we have to realize that when we're stepping out and we're ambassadors for Jesus, doing what he wants us to do, and we're on God's mission, when they reject us, they're really not rejecting us. They're rejecting Jesus and what he did on the cross, and they're rejecting the Father and his love for them in wanting to reconcile. And so though it hurts, um, we need to still love them because you have to realize that at one point we've rejected God's love too. And his mercy kept pursuing us and, and his grace 
he kept after us. And that's the same type of love we have to keep having. We don't stop loving. We may need to walk away because they may, they may have nothing to do with us. And even when Jesus sent out his disciples, he said, when you go into a village, if they receive you, great. And if not, shake the dust off and, and keep going. And it's like, sometimes you have to shake the dust off and keep going. But if you have opportunity to continue to build relationship and to continue to show love, then, then I think we need to do that as well. Um, mm-hmm. So that's either, either move on, I guess, or, or keep trying, but don't take it personally. Uh, Maria, you're right. Don't take it personally. They may be struggling with something and usually they are. Um, and to, to have compassion on someone is to try to, um, to help them through their struggles not to try to um, end your own struggle. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, friend. And I think a good thing to remember too, with the recognizing that those times when we do need to just move on, um, we're not God and we can't do God's job. It's his job uh, to, to bring people to him. And he may or may not use us for specific people um, in our life, <clears throat> as long as we're willing to, to make the effort. And if God gives us repeated opportunities to form those relationships, to be a friend, then that's great. Um, and we should always be willing to pray for people, um, even if we can't interact with them, but we can't take the, the burden on ourselves to do what only God can do. Mm. I think it's fun too, that some of you, purposely will not pray for patience because you know, that means God's going to bring a difficult person into your life. Uh, at least that's how you, that's how you perceive that prayer. Um, but some of you also, I want you to understand that God may have gifted you with the ability to love difficult people uh, more naturally than some of, some of the rest of us. Some God might actually put some of you in difficult relationships with difficult people on purpose because he's wired you in such a way to be able to reach out to them. And uh, I, I know of a, of a pastor that uh, is in New Jersey that, my, that I'm going to say was gifted that way because he was able to have Bible studies with my dad. Um, and my, my dad's goal was to prove that the Bible was wrong and that God was wrong. And this person was just gifted to work with a difficult person, being uh, my father. He's listening right now, and he can't chime in. So I'm, I'm really enjoying this moment right now. But, uh, you know, that, that person, I'm so thankful for that person because they continued to love and continued to reach out and continue to share God with my dad in spite of his stubbornness. And God got a hold of my father and changed his life and his heart. And because of that, I grew up knowing God uh, because of what happened with my parents, because of a person who was willing to love a difficult person. Um, so please don't um, underestimate what it means to be a person of grace and of mercy to love the people who are more challenging to love. Yeah. Praise God, indeed. And Danny brings up a good point, too. We also need to be able to accept the love and help from others. And some of us are really good at the the giving part and struggle a little bit more with the the receiving. Um, So yeah, we definitely need to be able to do both. Yeah. So just to kind of summarize some of the the main points uh, from my perspective, anyway, we're talking about missional love and how missional love is 
sacrificial love. So it means putting aside selfish desires and our own comfort for the sake of other people. And it doesn't always necessarily mean it can mean monumental efforts, but it doesn't always mean monumental um, groundbreaking, earth shattering efforts all the time. It can be very simple, very small things, but it has to start either way, has to start with a mindset and with, with intentionally looking around and just asking yourself, how can I serve my neighbors? And asking that not only about the people who we like and get along with, but also those people who might be a little bit more difficult <laughs> to like or who we just don't have things in common with even. Um, it's every, everyone around us. Yeah, and, and I think that not just asking ourselves that, but but talking to God about that. Like we started last week with prayer because it's so important that we start by by seeking God and all this, but saying, you know, hey, God, help me to love people the way you love me and, and starting, you know, even with that mm-hmm. prayer, like we mentioned last week, and then getting into these specifics mm-hmm. of how can I um, is so important. Um, you know, the loving those that are uh, around us is just needs to become a part of our DNA. It needs to be something that we do. And so as we wrap up our time this morning, um, I want to encourage you to do this. I want to encourage everyone in our church family that's, or anybody that's listening in online. Some of you, I don't know where you're from. You show up as guests. You haven't changed your name yet. So wherever you're hanging out, whether you're in Peru, uh, North Carolina, or Copenhagen, um, New York, uh, wherever you are, just, just uh, stop and, and take some time today after we're done to pray and ask God to show you um, how to love and who you can love. And then um, also make sure that you uh, get specific and ask God to show you people, how you can show love to the people inside the family of God and how you can show love to the people who are not yet in the family of God that are outside. So that uh, we have that, those two horizontal relationships inside and outside that we can be working on and, and look for some specific ways this week. Don't let the week go by without you being intentional about showing love to those in the family of God, as well as to those that are not yet in the family of God. Um, And the final thought on loving those outside the family is that if we truly love them, we need to share the good news that they can have a relationship with God through Jesus. That, that has to be part of love. We often see that as um, intrusion or we see that as being pushy, but if we truly love them, we would help them connect with God. Um, and so we want to talk about that, Lord willing, uh, some more next week. And we're going to talk about sharing God's story. Um, what has God done in our lives? What is God doing? And then um, helping people to understand how that applies to them. And so, uh, Lord willing, we'll be able to connect next week. Um, don't know if it'll be in, in person uh, or if it'll be virtually again, but we want to talk about how we can share God's story with them. Um, so those are our encouragements to you and, uh, and our request that you consider this week. Um, again, you can be encouraging the people in your church family by praying for them and just marking that you've prayed for them. Um, calling them up, checking in on them, all those things that you listed off. Um, if, you're, if you're looking to serve in certain ways, fill out that profile that we emailed off to you or fill it out in Realm. Um, and then for those that are outside, look for ways to connect with your community. 
Um, find out your neighbors, look at, look them up on Facebook or check with them down the street if you know their names and numbers and see if there's any ways that you can be a blessing to them uh, without jeopardizing their health um, without, uh, during this time of, of isolation. So any final thoughts on that, David, before you close this time out in prayer? No, I just want to point out, uh, it, I'm not sure if Neil can actually see the chat or if he's just listening in because uh, Connor said, we love you, Grandpa, and Tyler said, we don't think you're a difficult person, Grandpa. So I <laughs> just wanted to point that out. <clears throat> I said he was a difficult person <laughs> with that pastor back then. I, I love you too, Dad. Just I've got that on the record there. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we praise you this morning. Thank you for this opportunity once again, um, even just virtually, that we can connect with each other and just relish in the fact that you are love, uh, the fact that you loved us so much that you would send your only son for us. And we just pray that we would be able to, to meditate on the, the truth and reality of your love this week um, and to really let it sink in how much that means that you would love us despite our, our wickedness, our sin, and our constant rejection of your love. You still love us. So I pray that you would help us learn how to accept that love from you and then show that love to others and also accept love from others and that you would show us how to do that in this sort of unusual season of life and that you would help us get creative with being able to reach out to people, connect with people, even if it's simply checking in with them, praying with them over the phone, or if it's dropping off groceries or um, doing errands for people. I, I pray that you would show us uh, those opportunities and that you would help us be sensitive to those needs and uh, to be able to set our, our own priorities and comfort aside and uh, really just show your love to others. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, David, if you want to stop the video, we'll uh, give you guys a chance to catch up, ask